The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. and personal with some of your favorite female porn stars on In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, In Bed showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular female performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, April 15th, 2015. Listeners, please welcome our special guest, multiple award-nominated porn starlet, Brooklyn Chase. Welcome to the show, Brooklyn. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm really excited to have you on. Your career has been hot, and uh, you seem to be everywhere, which is fantastic. So, you know, I can't wait to get... the chance to pick your brain and talk about this amazing career that you've had thus far in the business. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 2014 was a very big year for me, so it's, it's sort of surreal, looking Ab- back to the beginning of the year to where we're at now. Absolutely. So let's jump into the interview, and we're going to first step into the boudoir and get some of uh, your physical stats. First up, how old are you? I am 30 years old. How tall are you? 5'2". What's your weight? Yeesh. Like 120-ish. What are your measurements? Uh, 37, 25, 38. Very nice. What's your ethnicity? I don't, I mean, uh, white, I guess. Yeah. And what's your zodiac sign? Pisces. Very cool. Happy belated-ish birthday. Pisces was, was sort of recently. Yeah, my birthday was just a couple of weeks ago. Awesome. So let's get to know the woman behind the performer. Where are you originally from, Brooklyn? I am originally from San Diego, which is actually where I still live. Beautiful San Diego. Very nice. And what was life like growing up for you? What were you like as a kid, as a teenager? As a kid and a teenager, I was extremely, extremely shy, which is kind of funny looking at where I'm at now, but I was horribly horribly shy, horribly self-conscious, kind of low Mm self-esteem, but, um, you know, I was was decently popular. I had a lot of friends. I always had a boyfriend, but for whatever reason, I was just real self-conscious. I remember... Mm -hmm. Having to do like, presentations in front of the class was just, I mean, I wanted to die. So um, I've definitely gotten over that. Absolutely. I mean, there's no way that you could be doing what you're doing if you still had that with you. No, and yeah, I was actually thinking about that when I, was, I presented the award at the, at, the, uh, at the AVN Awards this year. 
And standing up on stage, reading the teleprompter, looking out at the crowd, I, I thought to myself, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't give a presentation in front of 20 of my classmates, and here I am up on stage. So I've come a long way. Absolutely. What do you think was the turning point? What do you think sort of pushed you over the edge and got you over your, I don't know what you would call it, uh, stage fright or, or fear of public speaking? You know, I think since being in the industry, I've just gotten a lot more confident. Um, I've started to kind of, you know, because I've, I've always cared a whole lot what people thought, which I think is why I was so self-conscious. I was always worried about what people would think of my outfit or my hair or my makeup or whatever. And I think since being in the industry, my confidence has really gone up and it's given me the opportunity to just be okay with myself. And, and now I can get up on stage and talk and it just doesn't really bother me because I just kind of don't care. You know, if I screw up, I screw up. You know, if not, mm -hmm. that's great, but it is what it is. Nice. I like the sound of that. What were you doing with your life prior to entering the adult industry? Before I got into the adult industry, I was a store manager at a retail pharmacy. I started there in high school and worked my way up through the ranks to running my, my own store. Um, after I left there, I um, sold a direct sold some cosmetics for a while, and then I found my way into the farm industry. How long in total have you been in the business? Uh, it will be three years in June that I have been in the business. Very cool. And let's talk about that transition, because you were sort of doing just normal stuff, you know, sales and whatnot, and then all of a sudden, you're in porn. So how did you get into the adult industry? Well, I was looking for something new to do, and I was perusing um, an internet. I, was per I don't know if I can say. I was perusing Craigslist, and um, I found my way into the the gigs section. And I thought, you know, maybe maybe I can be a stripper. Maybe I can be, you know, just because I knew, even though I was very self conscious, I knew that other people thought I was attractive. Even you know, I, I was very self-conscious, very shy, low self-esteem. But I knew that other people had tended to think that I was attractive. So I thought maybe I could do that. And I found an ad for um, for an adult agency, and it was just vague enough that I wasn't quite sure what it was. Thought it might be porn, but I wasn't totally sure. So I made an appointment and talked to them, and decided to go ahead and sign a contract. It sounded like a lot of fun. So let's talk about that first day on set. What was that mm -hmm. experience like for you? Were you excited? Were you nervous? What was going on in your in your mind as you know you're on a porn set for the first time? That first shoot was definitely nerve wracking. Um, I wasn't even entirely sure if I was going to be able to make it through the scene or how I was going to feel afterwards, but. Um, it ended up being a lot, you know, obviously a lot of fun or I wouldn't still be doing it. Mm -hmm. But it was very comfortable. The people were really cool. They made me feel, you know, very secure and safe. And I realized that um, it really isn't, you know, as big of a deal as I had made it out to be in my mind. I had, you know, made it out to be this, this crazy swing from the chandelier. I don't know, just, just insanity. But... It was very easy, it was very fun, and um, once I finished that shoot, I knew that this was sort of, that this is what I wanted to do. 
That's good to hear. It's great that you had a positive experience. Who was your first scene partner? Um, I can't think of his name because it's been a long time. But it was for the uh, website Fucktard18. Okay. Um, so it was a massage scene, which, you know, a lot of girls, we, we've all done them. We've all done multiple massage scenes. But um, it was a massage scene. And I just remember being really nervous because I didn't really, I had never thought about the speaking part. I just thought about having sex on camera. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if there was a script or what there was. So I remember showing up and finding out that I sort of had to improv. And that turned into what I was most nervous about. I was more nervous about coming up with things to say and not sound like an idiot yeah. than I was about mm -hmm. the actual sex on camera. That makes sense, yeah. You don't want to say something extremely corny, but you don't right. want to say something like, you know, that's going to get people out of the mood, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. And I just, my brain at the time just did not go there. And so, you know, even just having pretend, you know, small talk while I was giving a massage was just torture for me because I had no idea what to say. And that was what I was most nervous about out of the entire experience. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Let's talk about your poor name. How did you come up with uh, the name that you chose for yourself uh, for your porn persona? When I was trying to come up with a name, um, I decided to go through a baby name book. And I sort of knew that I wanted a last name that was uh, like, a, you know, like a boy's first name. And I, because I just always thought that that was kind of cool. Um, I even looked at you know, using a, a name like Ryan or something like that as my first name, but I decided that might be confusing. So I went through a baby name book and picked out a bunch of names that I liked, and then I just sort of mixed and matched um, until I came up with Brooklyn Chase. And when I put that one down on paper, I sort of felt like that was that was when I really, really liked. And um, so when my agent was like, okay, we need your name, and I still hadn't made up my mind completely, I, I decided to just go with that one. Because um, it was the one I kind of felt the best about. Mm -hmm. And now I, I, now I just, you know, I, at first it was very weird to be called Brooklyn. Um, and now it's, it's, I'll be at Starbucks and they'll ask me for my name and I have to think because I automatically want to say Brooklyn. <laughs> That's funny. I want to break a porn scene down with you uh -huh. what's your most favorite thing to do in a scene vag anal or oral who uh vag is my favorite in a scene what's your favorite sexual position and does that position differ from your favorite position offset my favorite position both on and offset is doggy and of course we all know how a scene ends with the pop shots in a scene, mm -hmm. where do you prefer the pop to land? I prefer it to land on my tits. Um, even though that often means it's also in my hair, I do prefer tits over feet. How would you describe your fuck style? Oh. Um, I would say that my fuck style is vocal as far as moaning and showing my enjoyment, but I'm not so talkative. Um, I'm okay with a little bit of dirty talk, but when I'm getting fucked, I really just like 
sort of enjoy it. So I'm I'm quiet as far as talking goes, but I'm definitely vocal, vocal otherwise. Um, and I really just like to, like, I like to look into my partner's eyes. I like to kiss um, and just really have a strong connection. I like that, and I think it's very evident in your scenes. Yeah. Speaking about your scenes, you've been in a bunch of incredible productions in the almost three years that you've been in the industry. I want to actually chat with you about a couple of the productions that you've been in because you've done some incredible work, not only in like Gonzo titles and a bunch of like the great sort of vignette style web series mm-hmm. that are out there, but you've also been in some features and in some porn parodies. And so the first thing that I want to chat with you about is Grease triple x a parody which was uh, released by adam and eve uh, what was yeah. uh, that experience like for you on that set well that was my very first feature that I'd, i had ever been on so um i didn't realize how much work actually went into a feature and that was sort of a eye-opening experience for me but it was a lot of fun we've all seen greece you know i've seen greece a million times and to know the movie and know the characters and then get to play one was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I wore a wig the whole time, which was a new experience. And that was my first real script that I ever had to work with and memorize. Um, you know, and, and filming is filming a feature is just, is a lot, is a lot different than filming other things. when I learned that. And I also was able to meet, um, Will Ryder, who um, who shot and produced the movie, who I'm so thankful to have met. He makes really great great parodies and great movies. And um, so, Grease is a lot of fun. I'm, I've also met some really great girls on that set, Riley Reed and um, Adrian Ochechek, and some great girls. But um, it definitely opened my eyes to exactly how much work goes into filming the feature. I'm a big fan of uh, Kelly and Ryan Madison. I think they do incredible work on uh, yeah. their websites, Porn Fidelity and Teen Fidelity. And you were in one of their major productions, the Madison's Mad Mad Circus. What was mm-hmm. that experience like? Because there was like a huge like eight-way, eight-way, I think they called it a fuckathon in that uh, yeah. production. Yeah, that was for uh, the Madison's 500th episode. And it was an eightsome. Um, Ryan Madison and seven girls, seven ladies. And that was a lot of fun because it was so different. Each one of us had our little circus-themed intro. Mine was riding an elephant. So um, it's funny that, you know, the way I rode the elephant was there was a county fair, um, actually in, in San Diego where I live, and... Um, so I put on this crazy costume with this giant feathered headpiece and and these fishnets and walked through the county fair that I've been to every year of my life and rode an elephant, you know, in line with a kid in front and behind me waiting for their elephant ride. Um, you know, and then we got to shoot a little scene, you know, all together in the beginning where we were, you know, there were snakes and spiders and knife throwing and cages. I mean, it was just such a fun experience. The set was so elaborate and so crazy. Um, and I've always, I feel like some of my scenes with Ryan Madison are, are some of my best. 
So um, him and I have a real good connection in chemistry. And so whenever I get to film with them, it's a blast. You were featured in Digital Playground's first ever original series. I mean, we all know Digital Playground for their gonzo work, for their features, but they actually went into doing a full-on series, and that series is called Crave Season 1. What was that experience like Mm -hmm. for you? That was my, actually, I think the only time in maybe I've ever worked with Digital Playground. Um... And there was a lot of familiar faces on set, so that's always nice when you're going into a feature and, and you know that it's going to be a big production. It's nice to see some familiar faces. Um, but that was a really interesting, interesting setup. I just, you know, I remember being in a, like a bar set and, the, you know, Vander Corvus coming in shooting. I mean, it was just a very off-the-wall, different, um, you know, and, and anytime you're on a feature, they're, they're just all so different. And the cast that they that they pick is always such a variety of people that, um, you know, it's, it's neat to be a part of. And of course, I can't leave out The Little Spermaid, a Dream Zone X parody. Yes, that one, The Little Spermaid was, I laughed so hard when I heard the title and saw Riley Reed in her mermaid costume. Um, but that was a fun, you know, fun spin. I played a lifeguard in that movie and, um, you know, got to get my Baywatch on with my, you know, red one-piece swimsuit. So, you know, channeled a little Pamela Anderson or something in that scene. Um, and, you know, the, the little mermaid came together very well. Since we're talking about productions, let's talk about box covers, because uh, you've been featured on a bunch of box covers, most recently, the 50th uh, Monsters of Cock 50 DVD. What was it like the first time that you saw yourself on a box cover? Uh, the first time, I, I've, I've been fortunate you know, to be on, like you said, to be on many box covers, and it's still, when I, because you don't know that it's actually happening you don't know who's on the box cover until the company releases the picture. So it's always a surprise. And um, the first time I saw myself on a box cover was absolutely surreal. Um, you know, the, the idea of, of someone walking into, you know, a sex shop and seeing my face on a shelf is just something that I never in a million years would have ever imagined would happen. Um and even still, every time a, bo- a new box cover comes out and I find that I'm on the cover, it's still very surprising to me and I feel very thankful for it. And it's still sort of a surreal experience to be like, oh my gosh, I'm on the cover of a DVD. So it's, it's always, always something that kind of takes me by surprise and humbles me a little. Overall, throughout all these incredible productions that you've been in, whether they're on DVD or on the web, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Um, I very much enjoy working with Johnny Castle. Um, Bill Bailey is always great. Uh, Kieran Lee is just an awesome guy in general. He's fun to, fun to hang out with and fun to talk with and amazing to work with. I've worked with him a number of times. Um, you know, and as far as, as ladies are concerned, um, 
filming the Madison's Mad Mad Circus, I got to meet Kendra Lust, who I really um, just adore and have a huge girl crush on. Um, you know, I've I've gotten to work with um, you know some of the biggest you know biggest names: Riley Reed, Anna Galbraith. Um, you know, and so meeting people like that and kind of watching what they do, I feel like especially early on in my career was very beneficial to me. And I feel like that's why, I've, you know, a lot of why I've had such a great, you know, past year is that watching people like that, I've gotten to grow as a performer. Are there any performers out there that you haven't had the chance to work with yet that are on your must-do list that uh, you're looking forward to working with in the future? Absolutely. My must-do list absolutely includes Augustine, who I would love to work with. Um, I've also never gotten to work with James Dean. I've never gotten to work with Manuel Ferrar. Um, So there's definitely guys that, you know, that I feel like I've worked with almost everyone except for, you know, that handful. And Mm -hmm. I think James Dean would probably be on the top of my male performer list. That would be a fun scene to watch. Yeah. Something that I want to ask you about is uh, the no list. There are a lot of performers out there that put people on their no list. And the no list, for those that uh, are tuning in, may not know. It's pretty self-explanatory. These are performers that, uh, that you would not work with, that you would not do scenes with, or that you would not do scenes with again. So my question for you, Brooklyn, is how does a performer get on your no list? Typically, you know, my no list, I think, has one person on it. And that's only because, you know, I've worked with this individual a few times and they just haven't been very respectful to me. Um, And that's sort of where I draw the line is, you know, as a human being, you know, human beings, we should treat each other with dignity and respect. Not only are we, you know, people, but we're coworkers or, you know, peers or whatever. So, um. As far as, you know, in order to get on my no list, um, you know, a person would just have to really, really prove to me that they are, you know, just not the type of person I would like to associate with. Um, so really, you know, I'm, I'm a very easygoing, you know, pretty easy to get along with person. So my no list is very, very short. Since you're still sort of a fresh face in the industry, I mean, you aren't brand spanking new, but uh, you're sort of like in the middle years of like right before you get to like the veteran status, which in my opinion sort of gets to like when you're in like maybe year six, year seven. So since you're still sort of like new-ish, let's say, are there any Mm -hmm. performers out there or any people just in general in the industry that you look up to whose career trajectory you look up to and you're like, you know, hopefully I can reach the same heights or even surpass that? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely look up to Lisa Ann. Um, I don't see myself ever surpassing her. But she really is kind of who I look to when I think about what I want my career to be in the long term. Mm -hmm. She made a, you know, huge, um, successful career performing, amazing fan base. And then she transitioned into having her own company and shooting her own content. And, and um, you know, and that's, I think, sort of what I would like to do is, you know, eventually transition to a point where I have my own company and, and 
if you want to see Brooklyn Chase, you know, you it's a DVD that I've got to, to make and, and sort of is my baby. It's, it's really a, a whole different thing when you're putting together your own scenes or your own photo shoots and you have complete control over what it looks like and who you work with and what you wear. And it's really sort of an, enti- it's an entirely different thing. So I think that, you know, the way Lisa Ann went in, in sort of making all of her scenes her own little baby that she, you know, gets to build um, is something that really interests me. I think Brooklyn Chase Productions has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? I agree. I agree. I think so. I think it'll happen. I hope so. Yeah. Do you watch your own scenes or films? Is that something you try to do, or are you the type of person that's like, you know, I really don't want to watch myself? Typically, I do not watch myself. I find it very awkward and uncomfortable. Um, Occasionally, I will watch a scene if the fan reaction for it is is really good. If if it's you know some, I, I never really have any bad feedback on a scene, but sometimes there's ones that come out that the fans just rave about. And if it's something like that, I do like to watch it and just sort of see what the hype is about. You know, a lot of the times you know when you're filming that it's going to come together really well, and. Um, you know, it's, you just you just get that feeling. There's the connection and the chemistry, and everything flows, and you know that it was a good scene. Um, but when the fans are really, really into one and are really raving about one, I, I do like to see what what it's all about, and I'll watch those ones. But typically, I do not. Right now, it's time to head under the covers and talk about what really goes on on set. So my first question for you in this set of uh, questions is, uh, has a performer ever surprised you? Has there ever been a performer that you're with that uh, maybe you expected them to not be as great as they turned out to be? You know, they, you, maybe you thought that they were just going to be okay, and then all of a sudden they turned into an amazing fuck. I think when you when you get on set, you never really know what to expect when you're working with someone for the first time. Um, you know, I've definitely worked with people that I was really excited to work with and then sort of let down, um, you know. But I always cross my fingers that they're going to be a really good fuck, and, and I'm pleasantly surprised, you know, when I'm right. So... Um, I don't know that there's ever been someone that was better than I thought they were going to be, but I have had some experiences where they they weren't as good as I was hoping. Aw, I think that's that's worse. That's horrible. It is worse. <laughs> What's the most awkward thing about having sex on camera? I think the most awkward thing about having sex on camera is that in order for the camera to be able to see what they need to see, you often have to twist your body and turn in odd directions and angles. And sometimes it just downright hurts. Um, porn is actually very aerobic. And, um, you know, so it's just, it's sort of, sort of unnatural sometimes. And, and that's what makes it different, different from real sex. Um, yeah. What's the most common mistake a man makes when he's fucking you? Ooh. The most common mistake a man makes, I would say, is a lot of time in doggy, 
I feel like men can forget that they are so much bigger than me. And so sometimes they, especially in doggy, they put a lot of their body weight and like inertia into it. And I end up falling flat or getting pushed over or having a really hard time supporting myself because guys get so into it that I think sometimes forget that they're twice my size. So if I was to give advice to guys out there, it would be to keep in mind when you're fucking a girl, keep keep your own body weight and size sort of in the back of your mind. Um, you know, because while you're plowing away and she, she surely enjoys it, you don't want to overpower her physically. Great words of advice from Brooklyn Chase. Mm-hmm. Overall, throughout all the scenes that you've done, who has possessed the biggest dick that you've had to take on so far? And if length versus girth is different, you know, if someone was longer but not as thick and someone was a bit more thick than, you know, long, you know, you can split it up like that if you want. Well, the biggest dick that I've had, I'm sure, is Mandingo, who is both long and very girthy. Um, and there's there's different sorts of dicks. There's dicks that are, I don't know what it is about them, but they're harder or even erect. They're a little bit softer and easier to take. So it depends. Not all big dicks are built the same. Um, so while, you know, I can take Mandingo no problem, there may be somebody with that's smaller that's harder to take. Um, but I've, I've worked with a lot of, of guys that, you know, are known for their big dicks. Um, I've worked with Shane Diesel, Lexington Steel, um, Danny D, who's a, you know, a, a performer from England who mm-hmm. just has a, I mean, it hangs with me, as I swear. But, um... You know, but I think I think length a lot of time is harder to take than girth, at least for me, because I am small. Um, I can take. I mean, I I'm always shocked at how much actually fits inside me, but length is definitely a little bit more of a struggle than girth. What is your trick to making a guy come on set? I think it's important to sort of take cues from the guy. You know, if at some point during the scene he asks you to grab his balls, you know that's something that he likes. And so when it comes time for the scene to end and for the guy to come, you know, a lot of guys like you to look in their eyes, to talk to them. And you can talk sort of in a low voice. I like to talk in a lower voice. Um, So it feels like I'm just talking to them. Um... You know, and, and you take your cues if you know they like they're, you know, having their balls grabbed. Like, you do that. You, Your job, I feel like, as a female performer in the end of there, is to just turn your turn the male performer on so much that he just can't help but come. You know, forget that you're filming a movie. Forget that you're doing, you know, porn. It's you and him, and you need to make him come. That's your job. So it's important to take cues from your male performer and pay attention to the entire scene, you know, when he does things that can sort of indicate what he likes and what he's really into. How often do you actually come on set? 
I do not come very often on set um, because for me, I need uh, more clitoral stimulation than actual sex. So, you know, so, um, you know, going down on me is, is the best way for me to come. Um, you know, but sometimes it, it takes me a while because I am a very emotional person. And so, um, you know, typically I'll only come, you know, if I'm in a relationship with somebody, if there's real feelings there. Um, but sometimes when there's a performer that I've worked with a few times and, and, you know, I feel like knows my body and I know what he likes, he knows what I like, um, you know, and there is a little bit deeper connection than there is with some other performers. Sometimes it's possible, but just my body personally always has been a, a hard and hard, hard to get an orgasm out of. It seems as if a lot of productions, especially when it's some of the, the Gonzo-style productions, they forego showing scenes where, you know, a guy is eating you out. A lot of productions sort of jump straight to the girl uh, giving a blowjob, and then all of a sudden it's bam and the sex. They sort of forget, like, the pussy eating. So my question mm -hmm. for you is, uh, out of all of the performers that you've been with, male or female, who has uh, licked the kitty the best? Oh, I think I have to go with Johnny Castle on that one. Okay. And again, I think that's one of those things where Johnny and I have worked together, I mean, I don't even know how many times. And so we kind of get each other, I feel like. Um, Ryan Madison is also very good. Um, but yeah, you're right. Sometimes it, it just skips right over that part. Yeah, and I don't know if maybe they shoot it and they decide not to include it or if they, you know, they actually just, you guys just actually just jump into it without getting into it. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of it is that, you know, these, these movies are made, you know, for the guy, you know, uh, the male viewer at home to to come to. And so what he wants to see is he wants to see, you know, blowjob. He wants to see the things that would actually turn him on in real life. You know, he wants to see, he wants to feel like he's on the receiving end. And, you know, that's sort of where they're geared to. That's very true. I love how Brooklyn Chase just broke it down. <laughs> we briefly talked about facials earlier in the interview, and uh, you basically said that you're not as big of a fan. So my question for you is, uh, what do you think is the allure of the facial uh, in porn? Oh. I don't know, actually. Um, I don't know what the allure is. Something about the male psyche just likes to see a pretty face, you know, covered in their cum. And, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know what the award is. <laughs> I do know that, you know, in life, the only time I've ever gotten a facial is in porn. Actually, my very first facial ever is on camera. Because um, it was something I think that I didn't even realize that people did. Because um, I always, before I was in the industry, I always watched girl-girl porn. So a facial was a new thing for me. Um, I don't know if it's just, you know, but I don't know what it is. There's something that, that really turns a guy on about seeing a, a girl, an attractive woman, 
discovered and has come. And like I said, you know, it's, the guys at home are imagining that it's them. So, you know, it's, it's their little fantasy coming through the screen. Let's move into some serious questions about the industry. And uh, the first question in this set has to deal with condoms, because the, the issue of condoms has not only taken over the adult industry press, but the mainstream press whenever they talk about the adult industry. So, uh, Brooklyn Chase, what's your opinion on whether condoms should or should not be used in adult productions? My personal opinion is that our testing our testing procedures work. Um, you know, I am fully confident in, in, you know, the way that we do things as far as testing is concerned. So that being said, I'm not against condoms. If the condom law was to pass, um, you know, I would go with it. Some companies like Wicked have been very successful using condoms. So I don't think that it's the end of the industry. I don't think that fans will stop watching it. I personally don't have a problem with them, but I also don't think that they're necessary because I do believe in our testing. Speaking about the testing, I think a lot of casual porn watchers may see all of the condomless sex and not realize that the industry is heavily tested. Regardless of the amount and the consistency of the testing in the industry, do you ever feel worried about catching a STI or worse on set? You know, I really don't. Um, you know, worry about it. I've been extremely fortunate over the years that I've been in to, to never have to, to, you know, deal with something like that. Um, you know, but we, you know, I know in the back of my mind, you know, how often we test, we exchange tests beforehand. So we both know the person that we're working with is safe. And, um, you know, but I also know, you know, I think going into the industry, you have to be sort of aware that there's a possibility um, and, you know, there are, there are people, um, you know, sometimes people, you know, people have boyfriends or husbands or are, are having sex with people outside of the industry. So there's always a chance, but it's not something that I worry about on a constant level. You've starred in a few productions that... I really don't know what the genre is called, but I sort of call it incest light because it has to deal with like stepbrothers and stepfathers and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's it's sort of toting the line of like being sort of incestual, but obviously, I mean, none of the performers are related. It's all acting. It's all scenarios and whatnot. And mm -hmm. apparently it's it's become really popular, like a lot of studios and production companies are using those themes in their titles. My question for you is, are you having fun playing around in those scenarios on set? Do they sometimes get a little creepy? Like, what's sort of your take on these incest light porn productions? When I first started shooting, I think the first, you know, stepbrother or stepdad that I did was extremely uncomfortable um, for me. But as time's gone on, it's, it's a really popular role play, even in things like webcamming and stuff like that that you do from home. Um, that sort of brother-sister kind of thing is very, very popular. It's a huge fantasy. And so playing those roles is a lot of fun for me because I know sort of what a huge fetish it is. And I, I feel like I can kind of... It's a fun role to play, and it's, 
one of the, the best things about porn is knowing that, you know, just by being yourself and doing what you're doing, you can get a guy off. So when you're able to participate in something that is a huge fetish and you know a lot of guys are going to get off to, it makes it more fun. Um, it definitely was uncomfortable for me in the beginning. Um, you know, but as time's gone on and I have done quite a few of them, um, you know, it just, it's, it's a fun role to play because you know it's a popular one. Is there any competition among female performers in the industry? I'm sure that there is competition. I don't feel any personally. Um, I feel like if a company wants to shoot me, they're going to shoot me regardless of who else, you know, is coming in or who else is, you know, if, if they want to shoot a Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn chase scene, they're going to shoot a Brooklyn chase scene. Even if there's, you know, some other hot new girl that's, that's available. Um, I'm sure that there are some girls who see, you know, who see new girls coming into the industry or who see uh, existing girls sort of rising in the industry. They see that as a threat because it's less work for them. Um, but I really don't see it that way. You know, if, if they want a, a, you know, a brunette with big boobs, they have their options. You know, if they want a blonde with big boobs, like it, it's, I don't really don't, I think if you're a good performer and you have a reputation as being, you know, easy to work with and reliable, you're going to get work regardless of, you know, what other options the company has. I like that answer. Very good answer, Brooklyn Chase. Thank you. You're welcome. I want to talk a bit about family. Does your family know about your career in the industry? And if so, how do they feel about it? My family does know. Everyone, all of my friends, family, everyone knows what I do. Um, and in the beginning, they, you know, they still are not thrilled about it. They wish that I was doing something else, but they can see that I'm happy, that I'm, you know, successful, that I'm providing a good life for myself. And, you know, that's, that's what you want to see for your family and people that you care about is, you know, getting ahead in life. And so it's sort of the elephant in the room that we just don't really discuss. You know, we all know what I do when I say I'm, you know, I have to go to work tomorrow. We all know what that means. But it's not something that we, you know, discuss over the dinner table. But they love me regardless, and, you know, and, and so while they're not happy with it, they, it doesn't change what they feel about me. And I think that's the most important part. Yeah. And the final question in this set of sort of, like, serious questions about some of the issues in the industry is, are there any misconceptions or myths about porn stars that you would like to dispel? Yeah, I think a lot of the misconception is that, you know, when you hear someone is a porn star, you expect them to be, you know, flighty and ditzy and, you know, not very smart or damaged in some way. And that's just not the case. Um, you know, the majority of people in this industry are very, very down to earth, very fun to be around. You know, they... They aren't damaged goods. They don't have these crazy pasts or drug use or things that a lot of people assume has to be going on for someone to want to be doing such a job. It's a group of people who have priorities, who have, you know, mortgages and kids to feed and, you know, and, and we all live very, very normal lives when we're not on set. 
And and that's what I think a big misconception is, is that we're swinging from the chandeliers every day and that we're just, you know, these crazy people and, and we're not. That's just not the case at all. Now it's time for Pillow Talk with Brooklyn Chase. I want to talk candidly about sex and sexuality with Brooklyn. And uh, let's talk about your work with women in the industry. Because you mentioned that uh, the porn that you watched before you joined the industry was Girl on Girl. And obviously, you've done some incredible work doing Girl on Girl productions. Do you enjoy having sex with women? I do enjoy having sex with women. That's one of those things that for the very first time in my life, you know, it was caught on camera. Um, I still get really nervous about doing Girl Girl because it's just something that I have not done as much of and it's something that excites me. So I think whenever you're doing something, you know, sort of exciting and, and semi-nudy, it's very nerve-wracking. Um, so I'm always wondering if I'm doing it right. <laughs> I know it feels good to me, but am I translating to someone else? Um but it's it's something it's always been my fantasy. It's always been, you know, what I you know, be what I visualized when I was masturbating before. It's what I would watch, um, when I did watch porn. So I think now that I get to have sex with women, you know, I get to play out a fantasy that I never really thought that I would probably do. Would you say that you're bisexual? Like how would you classify your own sexuality? I don't know that I would say I was bisexual. Um, I definitely enjoy having sex with women. I enjoy, um, you know, kissing women especially. Um, but as far as relationships go, you know, I've I've always been in relationships with men, and I, you know, I don't know that I see myself in a relationship with a woman. But sexually, it's something that I enjoy exploring. Is there anything sexual that you do on film? that you typically don't do normally, like off-camera? Everything that I do on-camera, well, everything that I do off-camera, I do on. Um, because I really just, there's nothing, you know, film doesn't really get anything special that per my personal life doesn't. Because I've always told myself that I was going to do what, what was fun and what I was comfortable with. If it's not something that I find fun in my personal life, I'm not going to do it on set because one of the benefits of doing this job is that you get to have a good time. So, you know, if, you know, for example, I don't do anal in my personal life, so I don't do it on camera either because it wouldn't be something that I enjoyed and I want to enjoy my job. Um, you know, there's, you know, I don't, I don't swallow in my personal life. And I also, you know, I don't swallow on camera. Um, because to me, that's the way to keep it fun, to keep it comfortable for myself, you know, to keep, you know, enjoying what I'm doing. So whatever my limitations are, are the same limitations both in my personal life and on camera. For the fans that are dying to know, is Brooklyn Chase single or is she dating someone? Uh, Brooklyn Chase is married. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah. Major props. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And I, you know, for a while I didn't really discuss, um, you know, discuss it. But over the last year, I've, you know, I've been talking about it on Twitter because it's, you know, I think a lot of, especially my fan base, 
wants to know more about me as a person versus just watching my movies. So, you know, because I love and appreciate my fans so much, I want to share with them things that happen in my personal life and, you know, stories and experiences that I have. And a lot of the time those include my husband. So I've started talking about him and, you know, and my fans have all been very receptive to that. I like that. I love the the candor that you have with your fans. So, just generally speaking, do you find it difficult to be in a romantic relationship while doing the work that you do? Or, I'm going to assume, because you've been married for a year and you've been in the game for three years, that obviously he knew that you were in the industry. So, did that make it easier to sort of transition from dating to married life while working in porn? Uh, yeah, I when I met him, I had been, I think I had shot two scenes, and nothing had come out yet. So I was very new in the industry. Um, and I think that that has, you know, because early on in our, you know, relation, right, you know, shortly after we met, I had to sort of drop the, drop the bombshell that I shot porn. So what that has done for us is, has given us completely open communication from day one. Um... And because of that, you know, I'm able to go to work and, you know, have sex and come home and cook dinner or, you know, you know, what we, the sex that we have in our bedroom together, is completely different than sex I could have with anyone else. It just wouldn't be possible because we love each other and, you know, and, and, you know, we are committed to each other. So I couldn't possibly have that same kind of sex anywhere else. So it's, it's different and it's special and, um, you know, and he understands that. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's been being in the industry while being together has made that transition from dating to marriage really easy just because we do have such good communication. I like that. I like the sound of that. How old were you when you saw a porn film for the first time? Ooh... I was probably maybe 14 or 15. The, a boy that um, I was friends with in school showed me one for the first time, and I was just shocked. I didn't, I didn't know that such a thing existed, but I was also extremely intrigued. Um, you know, but those were the days of you know dial-up internet and crazy pop-ups, so you couldn't really look at things online because, yeah. you know, your parents would know right away. So it wasn't, you know, until a couple of years later that I was able to actually sort of explore that and and watch more porn and, and get more into it. Um, but I, was, I would say I was probably 14 or 15 the first time I saw. In your opinion, what part of your body is the sexiest and why? My boobs are definitely my favorite part of my body. Um... You know, they're, they're big and they're soft and they're just always there. Um, I play with them all the time. You know, I'll be, I'll be sitting on the couch watching TV and, you know, I'll just be playing with my boobs as I watch. Um, you know, and, and I was not naturally, you know, I, I've had big boobs for many, many years now. But naturally, I was born with very small boobs. So I've always enjoyed, you know, enjoyed having such big pets because it's not something that I was born with. Um, but they're definitely my favorite part. I approve of that answer. <laughs> and on the flip side, 
What part of the male body is the sexiest and why? Ooh. As dumb as this sounds, I like eyes on a guy. Um, you know, because that staring into someone's eyes as you're fucking them is, I think, the most like intimate and sexiest thing. So when a guy has really beautiful eyes, that turns me on. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique and surprising about Brooklyn Chase. Um, I am extremely boring at home and I, I spend most of my time, my free time, crafting. I'm a big crafter. Um, I like to make things and paint things and, you know, I make a new wreath for, for my front door for every season and I sew things and, and I'm very... Um, you know, sort of old lady-ish. I do cross-stitch and I make blankets and, and just sort of very boring things that you wouldn't expect a porn star to be doing in her free time. And I find that ridiculously adorable. <laughs> That's, it's like Brooklyn Chase is Martha Stewart at home. Pretty much. She's sort of my idol. That's what's you up. Know, Thanksgiving dinner is made completely from scratch you know, the way Martha would. So, you know, I, I, I really much enjoy, very much enjoy being a homemaker. Um, you know, and, and I don't know how much you would imagine, you know, a porn star at home, you know, scrubbing toilets and, you know, cooking three quarts meals and enjoying it. So I definitely, um, I'm, I'm a homemaker at heart. Describe yourself in 10 words or less. Oh, man. Um, I'd say I'm thoughtful, caring, silly, um, sleepy, and I don't know what else. I try to be pretty selfless. Um, it's something that I, you know, think is a, a good quality in people's be selfless. So I strive for that. But that's, that's what I got. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of uh, pop culture oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans and supporters out there to get to know some of your favorites. So the first question in this set is, uh, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Now this can be a list of five of your all-time faves or five of your current faves. I just need five of your most favorite TV shows. My very favorite is Dr. Phil. Um, Sons of Anarchy, Modern Family, Big Brother, and Law and Order SCU. We need to get Brooklyn Chase on Big Brother. Oh my gosh. I don't think I could be away from home for that long, but I'm obsessed with Big Brother. I cannot wait for it to come on this summer. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite summer guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Justin Timberlake, Instinct, Blake Shelton, and Brad Paisley. What are three of your most favorite films? 
Thin notebook. Pretty woman. And... Oh, the first Iron Man. What are two foods you can't live without? Coffee. And chicken tenders. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Keeping up with the Kardashians. Let's talk about the future for Brooklyn Chase. What's next for Brooklyn Chase? Because if I'm not mistaken, in your schedule is this amazing porn party that's going to be filmed in Los Angeles, uh, in the Los Angeles area, I should say, on April 25th. Uh, so can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, this is sort of an unprecedented event. Um, Lethal Hardcore is doing an event where um, it's a big porn party. You join their fan club and you can actually be on set on April 25th while some of the biggest stars in the industry film scenes. Um, it's going to be a big party. You'll get to hang out with us. Um, I think there's a lunch and you'll get to actually see scenes being filmed um, with some of your favorites like Riley Reed, um, Maddie O'Reilly, Annika Albright, and myself. There's a whole list of girls um, that are going to be on set that day, and, and all you have to do is join the Lethal Hardcore Fan Club. It's going to be, it's, it's definitely a first. Absolutely. Sounds fantastic and a whole lot of fun. So, listeners, check out mm -hmm. LethalHardcoreFanClub.com to find out how you can be a part of this on April 25th. And you were also recently interviewed by Elle magazine about porn stars and whether they fake it on screen in real life. What was that experience like for you to uh, be in such a incredibly popular magazine such as Elle? Um, that was definitely a shock when I got the the email, you know, asking me if I wanted to see this to do this interview. I had to reply, didn't confirm that it was the Elle magazine I was thinking about. Um, you know, you mean L, like L magazine, like L, you know, it was very, you know, I felt like there must have been a typo of some sort, um, you know, because L is a hugely, you know, popular, typically fashion, you know, ma magazine and I've read it forever. So, um, that was really, really cool to be associated with something like that. Um, it was fun, you know, it's always fun to be, to be interviewed and sort of share your, um, your personal thoughts and feelings on, on industry topics. And reading the interview, you can tell that all the girls that were interviewed, you know, have very different views on the, on the topic of faking orgasms and porn. You know, some of us say that it's, you know, that we do it. And, and some of us say, you know, absolutely not. I never, ever fake it. So there's sort of a, a wide variety of opinions on the subject. But being in something like Elle magazine, it was just so surreal. That's awesome. Major props on that. Thank you. You're welcome.
Is there anything else that uh, the listeners should be anticipating from you that uh, you feel that you should let them know to check out that'll be released soon, you know, towards the end of April and May and beyond? At the moment, um, I don't have anything big coming out that I know of. Um, this porn party is sort of the uh, the big thing right now. Um you know, hopefully soon. I, I say this all the time, but eventually someday I'll make a website. I'm, I'm fortunate to be extremely busy. So, you know, I hope to, to find the time soon to be able to put together my website. Um, you know, but, but I can't, you can't be mad at the fact that I haven't done it yet. Cause it, you know, I've, I've been, I keep myself very busy with work and, and not a lot of performers can say that. So, um, hopefully soon I'll have a website put together, but that's something that's in the works. Sounds like a plan. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social networking, all of the goodies? Mm-hmm. Fans can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brooklyn underscore Chase. And you can also um, text privately with me. Um, and you can find all that information at dreamlover.com slash Brooklyn Chase. Fantastic. Well, Brooklyn, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in right now? You know, I'd just like to say a huge thank you. You know, any performer can't perform if they don't have fans and people that want to see them. So I really appreciate every one of you. Um, You know, we've been hitting a lot of big milestones on Twitter and things like that, and, and it wouldn't be possible without any of you guys. So I really am so grateful for my fans and for all of the supporters that I have. Well, Brooklyn, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. You were fantastic. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I wish you much continued success in the industry, and certainly the, the door is open for you to come back whenever you want for a brand new interview so that you can fill the listeners in as well as your fans and supporters out there on what you've been up to. Yeah, I would love to. Perfect. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of In Bed with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. Brooklyn Chase and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Thanks for listening to In Bed with Bobby Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular female performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.